Welcome to the Sober Living Stories podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories of sobriety. We shine a spotlight on individuals who have faced the challenges of alcoholism and addiction and are today living out their best lives sober. Each guest has experienced incredible transformation and are here to share their story with you. I'm Jessica Stepanovic, your host. Join me each week as guests from all walks of life share their stories to inspire and provide hope to those who need it most. Welcome to the Sober Living Stories podcast. My guest today is a friend for more than eight years. Christy is a mom of three boys, a wife, and a business professional with more than 14 years of sobriety. A true light, Christy can fill a room with laughter, and you can often find her surrounded by friends and family. Join us today as she shares openly about the challenges of growing up in an alcoholic home, the loss of her father, and alcohol and drugs at an early age. The incredible part, she turned it all around and now stands as a power of example of how living a sober life can reshape not only individual lives, but entire families. Welcome, Christy. Very excited to be here. When did things start to, drugs or alcohol, start to take an effect on your life that you knew that something was different here? And just start from the beginning. So, you know, I like to say, hi, I'm Christy. I'm an alcoholic. I like to own that title because I feel for me, I am an alcoholic and I need to remember that. And that I think that's part of staying sober because if I forget that I have a drinking problem, then, you know, God only knows what could possibly happen. And as Jess said, my sobriety date is April 28th, 2009. So Before I get into what happened and what got me sober, you know, alcoholism is pretty rampant through my entire family. And I like to share that because everyone's like, well, you know, is alcoholism an addiction because of, you know, family or is it situational or any kind of all of the above? Um, But it definitely runs heavily in my gene pool. I grew up in a home that was, you know, a loving home, but everyone in the home was was alcoholic. My dad died when I was little, so I never met him. You know, and I'm, and I'm saying this because I used a lot of that to say, well, this is why I'm going to drink. Like, this is, you know, you don't know what my life was like. I had this horrible life, you know, so I'm just going to be an alcoholic and I'm going to, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa me. It took time to to be able to laugh about that. But at the time, it wasn't like a funny matter. I remember my first drink. I remember it so clearly. I was 12, which is young. Like I have a 10 year old son and I can't imagine him drinking in two years. Like, you know, (laughs) yeah. So I, I was at a friend's house and her brothers let us hang out with them at their party. And they said, if you clean up everything, you can hang out with us. And we thought that was the coolest thing. So we cleaned up the beers and we were drinking all of the little, like, I, well, we used to say ask the beer. I don't know what to say. Like the gross part of the beer, that warm part. And I started feeling a little something. And I was like, oh, okay. And we raided the cabinet and drank a bottle of Jägermeister. And I remember sitting on the toilet being like, oh, 
this is fun. I like this. I feel silly. I feel, you know, we're giggling. And then we both start throwing up. And then her mom came and we got in trouble. You know, and obviously I was 12. So it wasn't like I was a day drinker off the bat. (laughs) And from then on, I really just chased that initial feeling. Um, And it just progressed. You know, the more freedom I had, the more drinking I did. Drugs are a part of my story. I really dabbled in pretty much everything. But it for me, alcohol was always there. Was well, I'm going to stop doing this, but I still can drink. And, and, you know, maybe I'll just, you know, have a beer instead of this. And it became my life. Um, and it took over me. It took over my whole thing. And, and, you know, I think about, you know, 41 years old now. And I, I did, I went through a lot of trauma as a child growing up in an alcoholic home. And for me, it definitely was, um, you know, part of what, what made drink and keep, and just kind of like get away from everything. I do recall kind of a pivotal moment in my life. Um, and this is personal, but I like to share it because, and I used to not, I used to be ashamed of it. My father, I found his suicide letter. And I just remember being like another thing situation for me, you know, not about anybody else, but for me, you know, I have this <laughs> mom who's an alcoholic. I have, you know, this situation I just found out. And I just was, after that, it was just like, you know, F everything off to the races. I didn't care. You know, I didn't care. I drank and drugged like, you know, there was nothing else around me. I made really terrible decisions. I put myself in situations that it's a sheer miracle that I'm alive today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and all of those things, you know, I remember right before I got sober the first time, I said, this is just me. I'm just going to be an alcoholic like everybody else in the family. And it is what it is, you know? And um, it's like an acceptance came to it, you know? But there were other plans for me and I'm so grateful for that. I don't want to get into the war stories. Like I was a sloppy, gross, drunk, you know? (laughs) It just was. I'd walk into a bar and people would roll their eyes. Like, man, she's here, you know? And, And that's the kind of person I was and accepted I was being. You know, fast forward, you know, I ended up trying to get sober. The first time I moved to Florida, I went to a 12-step program. I compared myself to everybody else. I said, how am I going to, you know, I didn't lose a house or kids. I didn't have a house or kids, you know? So it was, you know, people have this stigma on alcoholics with, you know, drinking a Budweiser underneath a bridge in a paper bag, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, One of those things where it's like, you know, how can this, you know, young 25 year old girl be an alcoholic, you know, and and I believed that too. I was kind of forced to either, you know, you're getting put into a rehab or a psych ward, or you're going to go to a 12 step meeting. And I was like, I choose the meeting. And, you know, it's weird because I knew I belong, but I just wasn't ready. You know, I had so many thoughts of, well, when I get married, how am I not going to have champagne? And it's like, who cares? But that's my alcoholic brain. I would start hearing little bits and things. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I knew I was an alcoholic and drug addict, 100%. And it was the obsession of, I need something to drink. You know, I 
So I'm going to these 12 step meetings and I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm just going to, you know, smoke a little and that's it. I'm not going to drink or anything. And then fast forward. And within three months, I was doing all the things again and worse. And now it was a head full of, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know sobriety is better, but I can't stop. And it just got very ugly and very fast. You know, a lot of crying, a lot of, I hate myself. I wanted to die, but I didn't want to die. And, you know, it, it hit me. And I just, there was so, there was a part of me that didn't want to live like that. You know, wanted to break the cycle and, you know, but I was so deep into it, you know, and I was lying to my husband at the time. I was, you know, sneaking around drinking. I would have, you know, nips of things here and bottles of pills of these here. And I was, you know, just doing so many things that like, it was gross, but I, when you're in it, you're in it. And and I remember when you're in it, you're in it. And I remember like two days before I got sober this time and stayed sober. I remember looking in the mirror and it's funny because I'm a blackout drinker and I'm just a blackout everything, you know? So, you know, being in sobriety, I almost find that a little bit as a gift because I don't want to remember all the things, you know, but there are moments that I remember. And this was one of them. And I was about 80 pounds. You know, I had bags under my eyes. I had just lost another job. You know, I was getting things from family members and I was you know, just, it was just so gross when I think about it, but I think I needed it to be to that level of despair to get that hope, you know, if that makes sense. You know, so I was yes. looking in the mirror and I was like, how am I here again? Like, how did it go this fast in this many months, you know? And I was like just sweaty and gross. And, you know, my, one of my uncles called me and he said, I know what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong with me. And you're an alcoholic too. And, and it was just like, there was no listening. It was like, you know, I just right there. And I was like, God help me please. You know? And that was my relationship with God at that moment. It was God, get me out of this. God, help me. You know, God, you know, where did I park my car or where did, you know, did I do something with somebody last night that I don't remember? Like all the things like, you know, and then within 24 hours, you know, it really hit the fan. You know, it was a situation where there were several alcoholics in one room, you know, a family member hit my husband, my husband hit him. It got pretty violent. Um, and I left. And we left. And the next morning we went to a friend's house and stepdad said, you know where you need to go. And that man had 20 years of sobriety or so. The night before he said that, I still had some hard goods left over, if you will. And I'm in the bathroom doing what I need to do. And my husband's bleeding and there's complete chaos around me. And I remember being like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why can't you stop? And the next day I got sober and I have been sober since. I look back at that day because, you know, at that day I was mad at everybody else. You know, well, you can't believe, you know, he did that to my husband, you know, and, and 
I was a professional liar. Not that I was very good at it, but I thought I was. <laughs> so in sobriety, I know talk about the gift of desperation. And, you know, I'm so grateful for that because I had it, you know, and I didn't even know what gratitude was until I got sober. But the next day I went to a meeting, a 12-step meeting in Connecticut. And I remember being like 80 pounds soaking wet, scared out of my mind. Someone said, this is the safest place to be scared out of your mind. Sat in the back row, put my hood on, you know, and then never left. I just kept going. And um, it was scary. You know, I remember like I couldn't breathe. I was And it's weird because it was like, I was nervous, but excited. I was like, I think I'm ready to do this. And I said, we, because at the time my husband came as well. We we got sober on the same day, same year. um, And we both have continuous, 14 years of continuous sobriety. Um, It's a miracle that we haven't killed each other. But, you know, you got to laugh about it all because it was, you know, it was crazy. When, when I first got sober, I uh, was a lunatic. I was throwing candles across the room and still angry. And, you know, I just know what to do with myself. But pe- other people showed me what to do, where to be, help others, you know, reach out to other people. You know, I wasn't all about, but I wasn't all about a higher power and all that stuff. And that was okay. You know, you, people feel like, well, I can't go to a 12-step program because it's all about God, you know? And and I think that tends to happen with, you know, some people. And for me, um, I was desperate. And I liked the people that were around me. And they were just as messed up as I was. And they, you know, I would talk about stuff that I did or said or thought. And they did too, you know? There was like a 80 year old man talking and I was like, oh my gosh, I can relate to everything he said. But this time when I went to the 12 step program, my heart was open. It was open. And I, why? But it was just such a relief that I didn't have to live like this. I didn't have to accept alcoholism as who I am, you know? Um, and it's inspiring. You know, it's, it's gifts. I have three kids who have never seen me drink ever. You know, I have a 10 year old, an eight year old, and a three year old. Um, you know, th- growing up in a home with a mom who is an alcoholic, you never know what you were going to get, you know, and, and I don't want to be that, you know, and don't get me wrong. I am no angel and I raise my voice, but the difference is we talk about it after. I'm sorry I handled it that way. I was really frustrated. You know, I love you. Um, and, and that works for us, you know, because my house is chaos. Uh, in 2015, I moved to Florida and I was angry. <laughs> I was excited to move and get away from the cold, but I also like didn't want new friends. I was like, my friends, I don't want new friends. I got pretty depressed stayed sober, but that's the thing. It's not always going to be that 
pink cloud people speak of, or, you know, you're not on a daily, happy, joyous, and free. It's just not 24 seven, but being sober, it's way easier and way faster to get back to that pink cloud than it is when you're drinking or using, in my opinion, you know, and, um, I just showed up, you know, I forced myself to get myself out there and go to 12 step meetings here in Florida. And, um, that's how I met you. And I was like, I raised my hand. I was like, I hate it here. Nobody has kids. I'm the only one. Ba 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 ba. And come to find out, you know, Jess had the had same age, you know, has an incredible husband. I remember that specifically. I do. I remember it, that. It was crazy. And, you know, it's such a gift that, you know, another journey of sobriety started here in Florida. I tend to get distracted at times and, you know, not do the things I need to do to stay, you know, well-minded. And, you know, sometimes I'm in the future, sometimes I'm in the past, you know, and the goal is to stay in the present. And it's hard sometimes, you know, especially in this reactive world we live in, you know, but gosh, I, I'm so grateful, you know, and I never, would think that this is what my life would be. You know, I never thought that I would have, people would say to me, you're going to have a life beyond your wildest dreams. And I honestly wanted to punch them in the face when they would say that. I was like, you have no idea how bad my life was. You know, Um, but this is why I like to share my story because there's people who feel that way, you know, and you're not alone. You are not alone. You know, we all have been through the trenches together, sober or not sober, you know, and it's like, you can't do it alone. That's my opinion. You know, it's important to have your disease of alcoholism and addiction wants you to feel like you're alone, you're unique, your situation is worse than everybody else's. It's interesting because early on when I was talking, I talked about being at that party and, you know, drinking the bottle of Jägermeister. And by me sharing my sobriety stories openly, I, that is now three years sober. And I just find that to be such a gift. You know, I don't like to like show off, but I like to share that it's possible. And lastly, to me, I think that this is such a good vessel to share that with um, because, you know, you see people who are sober and you think, well, look at them. They're, they never drank or drugged badly because of sobriety. We have these beautiful lives, but it takes years to get there. And I, one of the biggest things my friends in Connecticut, we always say is remain teachable, always have gratitude, forever grateful. And when I just kind of like having a bad day, I need to step back I need to remain teachable. I need to take advice I don't want to hear. And I need to be grateful for where I am. 14 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to deal with certain things that are coming up now. But I always feel like there's no coincidences and things are being put in front of you because you're ready to go through it. And um, that's because of sobriety. Thank you so much for coming, sharing your story. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for tuning into the Sober Living Stories podcast. 
If you have been inspired, consider subscribing and sharing with anyone who could use hope in their lives. Remember to stay tuned for more inspiring stories in the episodes to come. To view our featured author of the month or to become a guest yourself, visit www.jessicastepanovic.com.